Hello, and welcome to Finding Newfoundland, a podcast that takes a deep dive into my favorite underrated topic, the province presently known as Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm your host, Jamie Stegg, and um, I've been collecting stories and facts about all aspects of Newfoundland and Labrador since forever. Um, And what I've found and like what I'm finding is just way too interesting to keep to myself. Um, And quite frankly, I am bursting at the seams to relay this information and put it somewhere. So I've I've chosen to put it here and hopefully um, it appeals to more than just me. And I'm sure it does because like it is endlessly fascinating. Um, And thank you for joining me today. The topic of today's episode is going to be the first in a series on Newfoundland mummers. Um, It's such a huge topic that it actually, it has to be more than one episode because there's just so much to unpack here. Um, So let's get to it because there is, (laughs) there's a lot. What we're going to be covering today is the origins of mummering. There are many um, claims to where mummering originated, um, some of which are Rome, England, Ireland, ancient Greece, Egypt, Denmark. But if you're going to um, talk about something like a commonality between all of these um, accounts of the origins of the customs, what I see is a calendar custom. So what folklorists call a calendar custom, which is like a practice Um, that is tied to certain seasons or customs. Um, So in almost all origin stories of mummering, there is a time of year that it's associated with. And um, for example, a calendar custom that is not mummering or mumming is like the fall harvest festival. Or in, in the Western hemisphere, it would be the autumnal equinox. So it's a time of the year that people celebrate a good harvest and So the celebration is closely associated with um, an agricultural cycle and um, with mumming or like, I don't know if you can call them mummers. Mummers are mostly associated with um, the new year, times of the new year. Um, for Christians, that would be like a Christmas Christmas season. Um, 
but essentially it's the winter equinox and this is um i think in all instances this is this is the time when mummers are active <laughs> they are activated mummers activate they yeah you see mummers around um during the new year so when i guess here like depending on where you are on the planet or um it's when the long nights are at their longest and when the days start becoming longer and the light stays out for longer it's like that transition between the two so that's when you're likely to see a mummer throughout history um so essentially there are two types of mummering that we are going to cover when it comes to mummering there is the parade and the house visit almost all um mummering throughout history have disguised themselves um that's that's another commonality between all of these um customs they're usually at around the new year they're usually disguising themselves and they usually fall between fall within one of two categories and that's either the the parade or the house visit or both um and there are different reasons for both of those and we will circle back to that later um first i'd like to point out that when one does a search for um mummers what you're going to get what i got a lot of is um the mummers play so just to quickly go over what a mummers play is because it does tie into newfoundland mummering around the end of the 19th century but this is like a it's a formal play so well formal in that it's um mostly scripted it's a short dramatic performance and um, there's about six to 12 actors. They all play roles like King George, I think the doctor, the Turkish knight. Um, and it's said to have a major influence on early American mumming. Um, and one of the big things is like mumming, the, the mummers play, the word mummers is in a mummers play. So, um, It is definitely um, has something, it is definitely linked in some way and um, more on that later. Um, in the Saint, uh, the Mummers play of St. George, traditionally men would travel from house to house and they would do a performance and they would collect donations and they would drink. 
So there would be a chosen leader of the group and they did a little prologue and they claimed a welcome from the audience. Um, and then there's the predecessor of this play. So like I said, there's a lot to unpack even in the origins, but you can go further back from the St. George Mummers play to something called um, the sword or the Morris dance. So it's a dance, it's called the sword of the Morris dance, but that it's actually, that's actually the name of a play. And um, it also has characters like these stock characters called, there's Tommy who is the fool, there's Bessie who is dressed as a woman. Um, and then you have another very closely associated um, tradition. Now this is the hunting of the wren. So in rural Ireland, why is rural such a hard way to say? In rural Ireland, <laughs> um, boys participated um, in hunting the wren. So it was on St. Stephen's Day um, and there would be a group of wren boys and they would go from house to house too and there would be a leader and they would dance around carrying a holly bush and which supposedly contained a wren but it um i don't think from what i've read that it actually did contain any wren no birds um but the boys sang a traditional wren boys song okay so there is that um All right, another place that people claim to be the origin of mummering is ancient Greece. Now, this definitely does have some merit <laughs> because there was a Greek god, Momus, and Momus, um, was associated with um, miming and masking and frolicking. And so you can sort of see how um, they, they would tie, those things would tie into what we know as mummering today. Um, as for ancient Egypt, there are some sources who talk about mummering in ancient Egypt. Um, I, and I can't find a lot on that actually. Um, so more about that later then I guess. Um, Do, 
So let me see. Um, in a piece called Mummer's History, the author says, and mummery is an ancient, is as ancient as man's dream of getting outside of customary life and as old as his imagination. The parade participants take their names from Momus, the Greek god of ridicule, but the tradition developed from blending a blending of cultures. Okay, so I do agree with that. Um, okay, here is the part about Egypt. This article says that mummers would lead the burial procession of the pharaohs in extravagant costumes, playing finger cymbals, tambourines, and other rhythm instruments. So that is what I could find in terms of its association with ancient Egypt, and I don't know if those are, I don't know if that is true, but this is what it claims. And they're actually, when it, when I'm doing research and the, in particular, the authors of the articles that are associated with the Philadelphia Mummers Parade seem to um, mention ancient Egypt the most. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they make that claim um, the most. I don't know why they are the ones who claim that specifically um, or they're whatever, but they just, it, it just comes up a lot more in the Philadelphia Mummers Parade articles. Um, England, Wales, Scotland, Germany, ancient France, and pagan Roman Greece. Um, every nation had its festivals at one time or another, each marked by parades and displays of fanciful costumes. Okay, so here in this article, we have another um, reference to Saturnalia. Um, it's a pagan festival and carnival but you know what there are a couple of more there are a couple more um at least two more roman festivals that have been associated with mumming mummering mummers <laughs> have been associated with mummers um there's a florentine carnival it's held um usually at the beginning of Lent. And that's a day that's set aside by monks of the Middle Ages. And that was for lords of misrule and abbots of unreason. How metal is that, by the way? The lords of misrule and, okay. And the abbots of unreason. And my God, do I need to look into that further? <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, be, 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 be. the Greek celebrations of King Mamas, the Italian feast of Saturnalia, and the British mummery play are all pointed to in that one article. Um, 
Then they say further, mummer can also be connected to the late Middle English word mummer and the old French word momer, where each relates to miming, masking, and folk play. And I think we already talked about that. Um, yes, they all sort of mean the same thing. Um, there's all momer, momus, mummer, mummer. They all have to do with um, disguising and revelry in some way or another. Um, yeah. So here again in the Canadian Encyclopedia, the origins of Newfoundland mummers are point are said to have been founded in Ireland and the UK. Um, they talk about the mummers plays, but they call it the hero combat tradition of English folk plays and presented variations on a typical fourfold action: the presentation of the characters, Saint George, the the Doctor Alexander, Sir Guy, the Turkish Knight, and others, and the combat between one or more antagonists, the cure or the resurrection of a slain champion, and the collection of money by the performers. So, two practices associated with money mumming: the house the house visit <laughs> with the performance of a play, and the formal outdoor procession or parade. That's what I'm talking. I was talking about earlier is that there are these two. Um, sort of like separate iterations or presentations of mummering. There is the house visit and then there is the parade. Um, ba, 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 ba. So in classical pursuits, mummers in Newfoundland, so the, the website is called classical pursuits. Um, it says, it says there that the parade had been a familiar event of the Christmas season as early as 1812, especially in St. John's, with elaborately costumed and disguised figures making their way through the streets, flanked by agile fools and onshucks, which are female fools, armed with inflated bladders, with which to thrash spectators. A type of performance, a combat, or a dialogue was sometimes included at one point in the procession. Um, so this public form of mumming, even uh, the wearing of disguise outdoors was banned at one point in Newfoundland um, in 1861. Um, it wasn't really effective. Um, the house visits during the 12 days of Christmas by mummers or jannies. This is another name for mummers that I've come across, I've come across just in specifically um, articles pertaining to Newfoundland. The jannies are common in Newfoundland and is similar to activities by geysers in the Northern England and Scotland, skulkers in Shetland, Bell Snickles in German tradition in both Nova Scotia and Virginia, and Nalulet 
Now, you yucks. In Labrador, I am so sorry. I'm going to find out how to pronounce that. Um, when small groups of people appear at neighborhood houses and seek admission, there is a reversal of normal modes of behavior. There's a reversal of sex through costume disguise, of speech. Um, so this is the characteristic of ingressive speech. And if you've seen the movie Us, um, Lupita Nyong'o's way of speaking by breathing in and um, that is, I think that's what they're referring to as ingressive speech. Um, there's a reversal of social role and of behavioral norms. The visitors are boisterous and uninhibited. So at the center of this form of mumming is the attempt by the host to identify the disguised figures. The unveiling of the identified visitors and offering of refresh refreshments. The less formal mumming tradition is still widespread in Newfoundland. It has been documented by folklorists and studied by anthropologists. So that is what mumming, mummering, jenning, guising um, encompasses when talking about Newfoundland mummers. Um, up until about a decade ago when the practice of the parade or the procession was sort of revived. Um, and it's become an annual event again. But prior to that, after between like 18, what did I say, 1816 or 1861, something around there, <laughs> so like 50 years, um, there was no parade. There was no formal parade. Um, it was all the house visits. Anyways, um, yeah. If at any time the house visits were banned, it was probably not, um, like that was, it was not adhered to by like the smaller, more rural communities for sure. Okay. I, <laughs> there are some of less reputable sources that I'm going to be using or referring to. Um, again, that usually has, you know, those are connected to the Philadelphia Mummers Parade. For some reason, um, there's not a lot of citation going on in these articles, but um, be, to be sure, I have sort of like a mixed bag of sources that I've been referring to. So some less authoritative and some more. This one may be less authoritative. Um, this is upalong.org. And again, it says its roots can be traced back to 6th century Rome, where there are no organized theater groups and the church had condemned all forms of drama. Any would-be performers and entertainers were forced to find other venues for their craft. 
At Christmas time, those out-of-work actors would visit the homes of wealthy citizens and perform tricks and short skits in hopes of receiving donations. Because the church had declared what they were doing illegal, these quote-unquote actors often wore masks to conceal their identity. Over the years, this Christmas occurrence found its way into England and Ireland and eventually to Newfoundland by those who settled the province where it lives today. Okay. That I cannot confirm. <laughs> it sounds instinctive, like instinctively, it does sound, it does sound correct. Um, but there are not a lot of citations there and sixth century Rome. I mean, it certainly is interesting. Big if true, as it were. Then you get into this, um, I just, okay, I'm going to stop at 30 minutes and I'm going to start up again. Um, there will be part two, to, so A and B to part one in a series of episodes <laughs> on mummering, but this can only, like on the site that I'm using right now, you can only do up to 30 minutes. So I'm going to stop at 30 minutes, but before moving on, <clears throat> I want to talk about skelking because this is nightmare fuel. And if you ever look up Scottish skelking, um, it was observed in Shetland. That's Scottish? Is that, Scot is that Scotland or is that, Wh I don't know where that is. But I do know that skelking came from Scandinavia. Okay, so skelkers dressed in a straw skirt called a gloy a short straw cloak and a tall pointed straw hat with costumes woven together using family crops. Um, I think the Norse islands, like the Scandinavian uh, Scandinavia and what was observed in the Faroes, they used seaweed. Yeah, in the Faroes it was seaweed and in Shetland the costumes were made from straw. The pharaohs used a wooden mask, but in Shetland, the face was masked by a cloth. Skelking, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Here it says, skelking has nothing to do with Scottish tradition of guising. Oh my God, this is where it gets hard to sort out, you know? So there's like skelking, guising, um, And I, and I use the word, when I think of the word guising, and I think that most other people would agree that guising sounds like disguising. And so I have associated that in my mind. I'm not, I'm not sure how correct I am in doing that. Um, but it says, as far as skulking goes, the tradition was to play out the part of supernatural beings. And you don't reveal who was in the costumes. Childrens between 8 and 15 would most likely take part in the tradition. The leader was called a skull, scuddler, with other main characters known as the Grolic. So this is like a type of fearsome boogeyman creature. Um, okay, let me just finish this up, the skelking business up um, before I stop. 
and we take up the rest of this in part B. Although the Grolic was to be feared, says a Dr. Tate um, in the Scotsman.com, um, he was not. He was just part of the pantheon of supernatural characters coming into your house. Whoa, okay. Skelkers gathered around the fire, which would normally be in the center of the room, to dance. Said Dr. Tate, quite often the Skelkers would carry wooden staves, which they would wrap on the floor. It was so ritualistic. When they spoke, they disguised their voice. They spoke while breathing in. So it all added to this bringing in these non-human elements into the home. A major element of the Skelker custom was the collection of food. Uh, traditionally, this is cute. I don't know how cute it is, actually. Um, the A sheepskin bag called a buggy that was originally used to hold grain would be passed around and food was dropped in. People knew what Skelkers wanted and what the Skelkers wanted was cooked meat, said Dr. Tate. This, the practice of trick-or-treating was often called guising, mumming, or souling, and it is the last term which we see come up in Shakespeare's Two Gentlemen of Verona, when Speed accuses his master of pulling, whimpering, or whining like a beggar at Hallowmas, October 31st. Okay, see this is where the crossover happens between Halloween and the New Year. Okay, so join me in part B. Um, thank you for tuning in and I will uh, greet you at the next part of this episode. Take care. Bye-bye.